I was just finding the energy, and you you, yeah. you fucked up the vibes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Ornate Stairwells, a movie podcast. I'm Autumn, and I'm joined, as always, by Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. That's you. Um, that is <laughs> We watched Cat People... And we didn't watch a lot else. You didn't watch anything. And I watched... You go, sorry. Yeah, I I didn't really watch much. Um, I One of it is that uh, Emily's just been wanting to watch lots lots of shows recently. And then also we have a sick toddler. But um, I did realize that I, like, kind of forgot to to actually plug the real reason why I am watching the only murderer in the building with her, which is that her cousin is a like main character in it or like huh. main side side character. Um, Theo is played by her cousin who huh. um, it, it's kind of cool too, because he's a, he's deaf. So he's a deaf actor and usually just gets bit roles being like the deaf guy in a, 
medical drama or something, but here he's actually like a a primary character. And the latest episode that we just watched, there might be a new one by the time this episode goes out, but um is like he is the primary character and most of the episode is um very, very like muffled sound sometimes, but like basically silent and like subtitled and people doing like ASL and things. So um it's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to plug that real quick. Um, I'll let you talk, and then there's one other thing that I want to send you real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, I watched one and a half movies. I watched two and a half movies. One was um, Batman Under the Red Hood, which I will not talk about here because um, while I liked that movie, there is nothing stairwellsy I have to say about it. It's all just Batman stuff, so I'll just save it for. Yeah, Batman. you have a podcast for that. Yeah. Well, like bring it, that okay. Batman shit here. <laughs> If I watched Mask of the Phantasm, there's like aesthetic yeah. qualities to it that I might not hit on in uh, the Batman show that I might just like briefly touch on in this intro, but there's nothing to Under the Red Hood. Um, I watched um, parts of The Matrix Reloaded. I have been watching, I have watched it in like five 15 minute chunks at this point. It's taking me forever to finish this movie, um, so I'm not going to talk anymore about it. And the last movie I watched was um, Hour of the Wolf, because um, I realized I needed a good Halloween Twitter avatar and display name, and I decided to go back to one of my favorite horror movies, um, and I was very sleepy that night, and I slept through the last like 20 minutes, which is where all the scary stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> So it is very possible that there was a stairwell in that movie, but I can't remember it because I was asleep and you just dropped from the call. No, you didn't. There you are. Oh my god, I can't be- <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen again. <laughs> um, Hour of the Wolf is a great movie. Uh, one of my favorites. Um... The, the 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 sleeping during it is only a reflection on um how hellish like my life situation is right now and not um the quality of the film so yeah um can i send this thing to you yes yeah, i don't know if i don't know if you've seen this or not this is a quote from daniel craig um i just saw this and i figured it it feels stairwells related um so I'll, during I'll read it this. Yeah, do you want to read this aloud? Uh, yeah. This is from an interview. Do you want so, me to do the interviewer question? Yeah, you hit me with the interviewer question, and then I'm going to like live read Daniel Craig's, uh, like, what he says. I'm not going to read it before yeah. I just do the reading. Okay. Um, so, interviewer. Is it true you and No Time to Die villain Rami Malek uh, shared a playful smooch after a rehearsal? The thing is, it just breaks the ice, so I kiss all my leading men. <laughs> we finally cla- um, we finally cracked a really challenging scene, and I picked him up. Rami's a little guy, <laughs> and I don't know who initiated the moment, but a spontaneous kiss happened. Rami's so quick, he said. So does this make me a Bond girl? <laughs> Christ um. Almighty! Anyway, I think 
we haven't really done anything with the Twitter account. Uh, do they kiss the homies goodnight or whatever the hell we called it? But um, I think we have to put in here that, that Daniel Greg kisses the homies goodnight. Yeah, I haven't I haven't updated that account in like weeks and weeks. But we should um we should <laughs> Daniel Craig James Bond does kiss the homies goodnight. Um. Anyway, yeah, I just I saw that and I was like, well, this is stairwells adjacent. <laughs> Um, not um, for anyone involved, just a, a man talking about kissing another man related to movies. <laughs> I need to know about, because he says he kisses all his leading men. So, yeah. like, did Daniel Craig and Mads Mikkelsen kiss? Yeah, so I, so this is, this, <laughs> this is the real question. This is where my mind went. <laughs> um, I'm glad we went to the same place immediately. I've never even seen Casino Royale, and I was just like, oh, well, has he kissed Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah, I have to know now. I don't know why there isn't a follow-up in this screenshot of <laughs> the interviewer being like, wait, so does that mean that you kissed Mads Mikkelsen? <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> uh, cat people. Cat people. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of kissing people of the same gender. Cat people. <laughs> Um, do you want to tell folks what this movie is, and then I will give them just a... I'm just gonna give people a list of things that happen in this movie. Not okay. quite a plight summary, just going to state facts, and, um, we'll go from there. Yeah. So, uh, Cat People is a 1942 American horror film, directed by Jacques Tournier. Um, it is an RKO picture, which I think, like, conveys some stuff about, uh... Like, I feel like RKO kind of had their own horror movie vibe. Um, yeah. This is far from, like, a, what Universal was putting out, let's say. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, widely considered a B-movie. Um, and I I think that, like, essentially, the vibe that I get, I don't have, like, full... I've done a, a deep dive into, like, reviews across time. But the vibe that I get from it is that, like, at the time, it wasn't that big of a success um a lot of people kind of derided it for like the acting's not that great in it um and it's really in like reappraisals of this being from the the Hayes code especially uh being like kind of gay isn't it <laughs> um just a <laughs> just a bunch of queer people watching this movie and writing essays going that's kind of gay isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it's gonna be two more queer people watching this movie and going, so this is kind of gay, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in this film, um, we are introduced to Irena, who is a Serbian immigrant um, who has a very posh uh, like Manhattan apartment. Um, and in the first scene, she like chance meets with this guy named Oliver. He's very sweet to her. They seemingly get married like a week later. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just one of these weird things about like early films, sometimes not realizing that, you know, edits could convey a day has passed or a year has passed. And sometimes you need a little more context when you go from one scene to the next to understand yeah. um, what's going on. The anyway. biggest one is like, it's sunny when they meet. Then there's like a scene where it's raining. 
and then there's a scene where it's snowing and it's like okay i i guess time has passed yeah <laughs> it could but still it, all even be within like a week i live in chicago we have weeks yeah. like that <laughs> <laughs> like at, it feels like at most six months anyway mm-hmm. this is neither here nor there this is not listing facts about the film <laughs> um as they're falling for each other um she says i never wanted to fall for a man <laughs> but she has followed for him apparently and they get married and then on the night of their marriage you know when normally people would have sex but this is the haze code so she's like no darling i can't have sex i can't i just i need you to wait for me i'm not ready um and also through these scenes we are introduced to this idea of um she like there, there are legends in the village in Serbia where she grew up of um, the there used to be evil witches um, who like lived in this village and they were just um, so vile and evil that they could transform into like panthers and leopards and all these sorts of things. Um, and King John um, is some Serbian king like you know, got rid of all the cat people. And gradually it's revealed that she is scared to sleep with her husband because, um, or even to kiss him because she thinks she's going to transform into an evil cat person. Uh, and he talks to his uh, friend at work and she's like, well, we should send him to my site. We should send Irena to my psychiatrist friend. This friend is named Alice, um, not the psychiatrist. Anyway, I'm yeah, the the friend at work. The friend at work is named Alice. Um, <laughs> they send her. They send Irena to a psychiatrist named Doctor Judd, who is like, "Wow, that's a lot of fucked up sh- stuff you're thinking about." Um, and then, basically, like things just slowly build and build and build, and um, <clears throat> Irena starts to get jealous because, um, like. As much as one could during the Haze Code, um, like, Oliver and Alice are having an affair. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, until eventually she transforms into a cat and kills the psychiatrist, and Oliver and Alice are like, oh my god. And that's the movie. Um, yeah. Mostly it is a movie about how um, she thinks she's a deviant little weirdo, and that's why she shouldn't have sex with men, and then... Um, uh upon even so the psychiatrist kisses her and this transforms her into a cat where she kills the psychiatrist and um yeah just gay it's just gay yeah it's just just gay it's gay movie um yeah two one other thing in particular that i i want to mention a scene which is uh i think it's like right after their wedding they go to a serbian restaurant and then uh woman who they describe as looking like a cat but she just looks like a lesbian um walks up and says moya sestra like my sister mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah yeah sometimes you, you know. get clocked your own yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> and you're like eh, eh, cut it out <laughs> i'm gonna get married to a guy right here <laughs> um yeah 
No, it's just a gay movie about gay shit. It is. Uh, <laughs> what what I find especially really? like funny and interesting about it is the way that um, like even at the time, I think people could easily read into like, oh, this is anxieties about like female sexuality or something. Um, but so much of it is also just so gay. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, and also another the, the part way of the, that it just like we, you go. <laughs> another part of like the early scenes. This kind of drops out later on in the movie, but like something, I think at the wedding, and I think it in one earlier scene, um, is just like anytime Alice uh, is in the scene, um, Irena is like just constantly like furtively looking over at her, like, oh, what's Alice up to? You know, yeah. <laughs> This kind of gets replaced. Yeah, this kind of gets replaced more with jealousy later in the film. But early in the film, she has nothing to be jealous about. She just keeps looking at this girl. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There's that great line, too, where she's like, I see women in the street and I am envious of them. (laughs) And it's like, yes, that's what it is. (laughs) <laughs> that's why you're staring at women in the street <laughs> other women are so able to make their husbands happy unlike me i'm fundamentally incapable of making a husband happy don't ask why darling <laughs> yeah i just keep thinking about cats you know pussy cats <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that the other one other thing that I just always find interesting when I watch this film, because um, this is this is probably like maybe the fourth time I've seen it, um, is how much it's also engaging in like the the weird ways that especially at the time, like there is this whole pathologizing of like queer desire of like her basically going and him being like oh yes yeah, so I can like. I can cure you of your your deviant delusions. Um, and then it just fully escalating to, like, my dick's good enough that if I kiss you, you'll be straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of that just, like, plays out here. It's incredible. Uh, I fucking hate the psychi- psychi- psychiatrist so much in this, oh, he's this awful. movie. Um, just the worst fucking man. I'm so glad he dies. Every time he dies, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like an- another like key feature of this movie is that she um, says all these things that she believes about cat people. And they're like, oh, well, we need to send you to a psychiatrist so he can cure you of your, you know, deviant beliefs. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> and then he goes yeah. like full Freud on her. And I'm like, ah, interesting (laughs) he's like hmm so it seems like you're you're preoccupied with these concerns about uh other women and cats and uh you told me about your childhood and it seems like you didn't have a strong father figure he died when you were young um you just had a mom um (laughs) incredible (laughs) yeah um um the other thing about this movie is that it looks fucking incredible. <laughs> it does. Um, it's I've, it's. I like... have a cat joining appropriately. 
Um, hello, Lem. Um, I, uh, um, no, it's just great. It's, we haven't done, <clears throat> I realized we haven't done many black and white movies on the podcast so far. Um, yeah. and, um, yeah, it's just amazing what you can do when you only have to, like, put two colors on the screen, and so you just have, like, ultra-fine control over what those colors are, and, you know, it's the 40s, so everything is just intense shadows constantly, because this is what movies looked like in the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Um... Because Citizen Kane had come out one year ago, and everybody was just trying to do that. Um... Yeah, they're they're just like moments too where it's just like uh they're like so clearly just doing shadow stuff. The the funniest one is one early on where they're in her apartment, um, and it's like before they get married. Um, and it's just like something is like casting the shape, the like perfect shape of the Panther that's the title card. Yeah. <laughs> As like a shadow on the wall. And it's just there. Yeah. Very obvious. <laughs> very obvious. There's just a, a Panther shadow there. Um or there's like um a shadow of a chair being cast that then perfectly forms cat ears that then Irena like sits in front of so that there is a shadow of cat ears over her head. <laughs> yeah. Um It's great though. It's it's incredible all the shadows in this movie. Um you telling me they got light and shadow? <laughs> <laughs> um also a lot of stairs. We will get to rating the stairs, but um, do we want to talk about any specific scenes? Um, I'm, I'm coming here because the the pool scene is like one of the classic scenes of this movie, I think. I think the pool scene is like the best part of the movie by far. Um, yeah. Um, I really liked this movie, but that pool scene was like something else. Um, the pool scene is the part that is the most like actually actual horror um yeah like this is a movie where if you generally don't like horror movies and like you know are are easily scared by them like i don't think anything in this movie is going to be particularly scary um this is something that i think most people could watch and be fine with um that's the like one scene that i think like could maybe be a little scary (laughs) it's still at Mm -hmm. like um lion king here are like weird shadows and scary noises or something <laughs> right yeah. but um it still works it's the biggest moment where you're like oh this is a horror movie this actually is a horror movie because for the last like 45 minutes i thought that it was just a ro- like weird romantic dramedy <laughs> <laughs> this is um it feels we like we touched on like RKO having its own sort of like um brand of horror stuff. Um you know, um uh I lost track of what I was saying. Um <laughs> uh, I feel like the dominant horror style of this time was very much the universal monsters, um very much like movies that I also don't think are very scary, but like were at the time um very like um what if a fucked up guy looked at you i guess um yeah the the pool scene in this movie feels much more from the like feels very of a piece with like what hitchcock is doing at this time i guess um 
like feels very like because it's not just the horror is not that there's a monster on the screen the horror is we cut to um alice and she hears something and then you cut to like her not seeing something and like back and forth like the reaction and the sort of like montage of that um is what creates the horror more than like um you know a scary guy (laughs) yeah um Um. you know um irena never like even in the scene where she actually transforms you don't get a clear look at her um you just get like you know shadows cast against the wall um in a way that yeah it just felt like very hitchcock to me in the way that like he's very like about like film form creating the the fear and everything you know yeah um and that this like there are other um movies that i i are kind of like directly related to this as well in terms of um especially the producer val luton who i think that's how you say his name um who often worked mm-hmm. with his director jacques tournier although i think some of the other ones that he had produced are like also kind of considered similar but like um i walked with a zombie and the body snatcher are like two other big horror films that are in this similar like a lot of it is about mood and atmosphere and um like there aren't really special effects being done to like make Irena like oh here she is some like scary cat person like most of it like you never see her transform which is notably different than like the 82 version which has all sorts of special effects for cat people transforming um all of it is just suggested it's like shadows it's um oh here's arena and then there's like cuts to you know some moody atmospheric shots and then we see like a panther prowling around um Mm -hmm. which i think actually kind of works like especially for this time period i feel like this movie holds up better today than if they tried to do some like here's some transformation special effect because it just like yeah it just suggests so much of it that i i feel like the parts of it that are are working probably worked similarly back then they may have yeah hit a little bit better just because people have continued to develop the like thriller and and jump scare and everything but um yeah there's like a weird thing where like i don't really believe that like art has any sort of like linear progress and i also believe that like people making movies today are generally better at scaring me than people making movies in the 40s, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but that's fine. I don't, I didn't need this movie to scare me. Like I, like horror can be so much more than like just being scared, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it also makes sense that like, you know, at some point we might watch the, um, the like 82 remake um and i get like i feel like it's if we haven't watched it by next christmas or not next next halloween uh if we haven't i'll probably bring it up to to watch but like i think it makes sense that if you're gonna remake this you remake it as an erotic thriller rather than like yeah trying to go full horror movie (laughs) yeah i think you really seize on the sort of like 
desire and like the angst of you know um your husband having an affair i think you could remake this movie as an erotic thriller and totally cut all the gay shit out of it you know um yeah which is maybe what i'm expecting from an 80s movie i also know that we watched the hunger on this podcast so who knows that movie's just actually gay <laughs> but um you know tony scott's actually gay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um let him just keep starting to go in and back out cats i tell you <laughs> it's most thematic for this um this movie then although <laughs> that's that's one thing that we were finding really funny while we were watching it which is just like how much there are just cats everywhere in this movie um just like mm. every place of business is just like yeah we have a cat here Okay, there is a scene. <laughs> okay, part of the reason that like it is hard to tell early on like how much time has passed is that <clears throat> you get their first date. And then he's like, "I'll see you tomorrow." And she's like, "Sure." And the ne- there's a cut to what I assume is the next day at work. And he's bought her a pet cat. And he's got this cat in a box on his desk (laughs) that he's trying to keep secret but then once it gets out of the box no one cares no one's like upset that he has a cat at work which is the first just absolutely bananas thing (laughs) i cannot i would be mad mad if you brought a cat to work without telling me um so that's the first thing and then 30 minutes later we get another scene in the office where they have office cats yeah (laughs) there are cats that live in the office and it's fine so why it's it's also weird because after they find out that he has a cat he does still put the cat back in the box yes they all come over and they're like oh what a nice cat (laughs) yeah yeah, it's bizarre. Um, anyway, it's also just like they'll is... go to a hotel and there's a cat. Like they'll, <laughs> they just have cats everywhere to remind you what this movie is. Um. The uh, this is the 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 fact that he brings this cat to work and that everybody is like fine with it is very nearly as absolutely insane as buying someone a cat for your second date. <laughs> um yeah there are just moments in this movie that like make absolutely no sense uh beyond it just being like a horror movie and it's metaphor i guess um although also there's some weird uh race stuff that just kind of appears in the middle Mm, for a little bit um that wasn't great (laughs) No. I have no real thoughts about it other than just like, wow. I, um, okay. One of the classes I took in undergrad was um, like, um, oh, he was very specific about the way he called it. And I'm trying to think about like, what was the exact name of the course? I um, guess it doesn't matter too much. Um, but like, um, it wasn't like, 
it wasn't African-American cinema. It wasn't we were watching movies about or, or, or like directed and made by uh, black folks. It was like images of African-Americans in cinema, which involved that and also involved like, you know, um, you know, how, you know, people of color and black people specifically show up in like movies. And we spent a lot of time in like, you know, these 30s, 40s, 50s movies where it's just like, oh, yeah. There's like one like this hugely beloved movie um, that everybody talks about, um, like this classic of the genre does have this one just weird racist scene, you know, um, yeah. and <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like, you know, someone's coming in to, for one scene of the movie and like beating you over the head with overt racism. It's that they go to a diner and there is a waitress there who is black and it is just like cartoon caricature of what black people like talk and act like and you know often in these movies you know they're not even being played by black people i i believe this was a black actress but i couldn't tell you for yeah. certain um and yeah like this is just what 40s movies are you know it, they're all just this um we you watch dozens of these movies they all have this scene where you know um Often black characters show up to, like, you know, offer a comforting presence to white folks. And, you know, <laughs> that's what this is, is she's just like, you know, a safe haven in this diner um, as scary shit happens around them. And that's like her, pre like her serving them is comforting. And that's all there is to it. You know, that's all there is to her presence in the movie. It's very yeah, weird. Yeah, I, on the Wikipedia page, I went down to cast and there's Ruby D as female, and I was like, okay, it just says female. I bet that's it. So yeah, she she's done some like actually impressive things, and then also is just a weird racist caricature waitress in this movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, uh, I did actress, not recognize poet, that as Ruby D, but I journalist and civil rights activist. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ruby D, so, um, shout out to her. She deserved better than the seed. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I genuinely did not recognize her because I think the earliest movie I've seen her in before this was *Raisin in the Sun*, which is twenty years la later. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, she's incredible in *Raising Raisin in the Sun*. She's incredible in *Do the Right Thing*. She's uh, she does a reading of um, *Their Eyes Were Watching God* on audiobook, which is one of the best audiobooks I've ever listened to. Like, Ruby D's a fucking legend. And, yeah, shows up in this movie to be a racist caricature. Um, because that's what movies were like. <laughs> oh, wait. Did I... Let me... I may have clicked over to the... Oh, that was the 82 film. Oh! That makes way more sense. Okay. Um, let me click over here. Well... <laughs> I scrolled down to be like, what were other movies that she did back then... Right, like, can I can I frame this somewhere? Um, and it her first film is listed as 1946, and I was like, wait a minute. Um, it's it does say a lot how um nothing changes that um still 40 years later um like Ruby D, one of like the great American yeah. actresses of like her of her era, um shows up in the remake of Cat People as female. Um, I did find the actress in this movie, Teresa Harris. Teresa um, Harris. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, she's fucking Ruth Younger. Like, she's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. What else? What else? What else? Um. I'm just distracted reading about Teresa Harris now. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I'll stop reading this because it's distracting <laughs> me. <laughs> I will but read yeah, more of it is- later. I want to know about this girl. Most of this movie is just um, like um, haze code gay shit and um, like mood. Um, and we've addressed both of those things. And so I'm like, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like this is going to be a, a shorter episode well because we didn't have a lot to talk about at the beginning and also it's just um i guess we kind of started talking about the the pool scene and didn't like go into more detail um i didn't want to like talk a little bit about because that's also one that i think does some interesting things with the light and shadow um Mm -hmm. it's one of the darker scenes of the the movie overall um the like framing of the the stairs which will probably be the cover is just really good um and then the like kind of vague threatening shadows that you get moving on the stairs um and then when she's in the the pool which i don't know why she jumped into a pool to try to escape from terrible way to run away from something that's scaring you yeah but um while it's happening it's just like the the light reflecting off of the water, like the ripples. And then like that, just like all over the walls and the ceiling. Um, and just like really creates this kind of, uh, heightens, um, like slightly disorienting, you know, confusing, like where are their shadows and are there shadows that are the shadows you need to be aware, like wary of and everything. Um, yeah, so much of just like the way that they they shoot the, uh, I think especially the reflection of the the um, light on the water, uh, just like really sells it. Um, there's also that random, slightly animated like hand drawn animation section. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> when she starts having dreams. Um... And I, you and I both start getting excited anytime somebody has dreams in a movie because we're like, oh, yeah. shit, pale flower. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, there's just, um, it's maybe 30 seconds tops, just like animation of like cats, like coming, like walking toward the viewer. Um, it's fucking great. Movies can be anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the uh, King John shows up and holds out the sword and then it's the key that she's thinking about. That's the key to yeah. the, the Panther cage. Um, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Why don't movies do shit like this more often? <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to have so much fun. We get to pale flower talking about it. God, you have some good fucking movies, pale flower. Um, it's like part of why we it's why the name of this podcast is ornate stairwells is pale flower (laughs) (laughs) um can i just share with you a a just random little fact i learned while on wikipedia for this movie um just that is this is a very very early criterion movie um 
from 1995 on fucking Laserdisc. I want to get a Laserdisc of this movie so bad. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um. Um. I don't know. I don't have movie. a ton more. Shall we rate the stairwell? Here's, here's the other thing, uh, dear listeners, is that we could stretch. I could have gone longer about Hour of the Wolf. We we could we could go longer. I I just don't have it in me tonight, and I'm sorry. And yeah. I'm you all also tired. Get, <laughs> you all get two plus hour episodes regularly. Uh, we're just taking a week off <laughs> from that. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll have lots to say for the other movies that we're doing for Halloween. Um, I'm so fucking excited to do Suspiria and Hausu. Oh my god. I'm I'm really looking forward to the other two. But like Suspiria and Hausu are like two movies that I have been meaning to see for literally 10 years probably and have just never gotten around to. Um, I love how they're both from 1977. The other, that's um, what I was about to say. Is like, I also just like 70s movies. It's just my, yeah. it's my favorite genre, 70s movies. <laughs> um... So it it is funny that like Cat People's my favorite horror movie that does not scare me at all in any way. Um and then we're also gonna be watching Suicide Circle, the movie that scares me the most of any movie I've ever seen. Um <laughs> in just a way that's like it just deeply unsettles me. Um like Joe and the the Grudge, like that is a movie that like the night after I watch it, I might be like slightly unsettled in bed, being a little scared. But mm-hmm. um, Suicide Circle, just like what it's actually talking about, I find far more frightening than even the movie itself. Um, <laughs> so that'll be fun. Yeah. Look, look look forward to me being scared while I record a podcast, dear listener. <laughs> um, shall we rate the stairwell? Yeah, I I, I don't want to go and just say an S, but I feel very strongly about this one. I feel like it's an an A or an A plus minimum. Yeah. Um I may I maybe I, as I think I think maybe an A plus. I think maybe yeah. it doesn't hit that top echelon. I don't think it's a Tokyo Drifter in the mood for love, you know? Yeah. But I think it's yeah, really I, good. I agree with that. Um, okay. And and to be clear, <sighs> this includes both the... There's actually... There's lots of stairwells. This yeah. movie is, is full of stairwells for us. So there's the pool one, which is the least ornate, but um, great scene. We've gone over it previously. Um, yes. The, the primary one is the one that's like basically in their apartment building. Um, and so they like go out and they'll go up, up and down. It's definitely the most ornate of all the stairwells. Um, there's just lots of scenes of like people standing on it and looking at each other. Like a person might be on a landing and the other person's looking at it and it's like showing the distance between them or, um, you know, she goes down at the final time and looks up and is like, you know, leaving him behind basically for seeming aware that like, this is the last time that she'll see him because she's going to go die. Cause she's been stabbed by the, the psychiatrist. She just carries a sword. We forgot to mention this just carries a sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, so it gets a lot of use, and I think some of it does feel thematic. Um, there's lots of good pausing on the stairs and and uh, all of that that you really want from a good stairwell scene. Um, yeah. And there's also one where they are at a museum, um, and he seems to be really into uh, miniature boat models. Um, it's just like you know, old timey gunpla dude. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so they're at this museum looking at, uh, models of ships, which he just loves. And Alice seems to be really cool and into, you know, ship models too. Um, and you know, Irena has just never been that, that interested. And so they're like, Oh, why don't you go somewhere else? And, you know, there's some other mm-hmm. floors you might find more interesting. I'm just going to hang out with the girl that I'm cheating on you with. Um, yeah. And she goes down the stairs and, and pauses next to a giant sculpture of, um, I'm trying to remember which Egyptian goddess this or God this is. Um, I can't remember. It's the, I think it's the one with the jackal head. Yeah. Um, is that Anubis? I think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe it's Anubis. Yeah. Um, so that's just a great shot to you. So those are the stairs. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've um, hit the big points. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, people know what we're talking about next time. We're talking about Suspiria. Oh, did um, we get any emails? I did put out a call. But I, I, don't know I if believe we did. we did, actually. I believe you okay. opened us up. Let me double check. Or no, I believe it was Aiden now that I'm thinking about it, but I'll know in a moment. It was both of them. They both oh, we got sent two us emails. emails. Oh my god. We have the best listeners. We do. Oh, I don't want to read this email. Single. This is a bad email. I don't want to read this. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you have to at least send it to me. Oh, this is a bad email. This is wretched. I. <laughs> I want him to feel ashamed of this. <laughs> I'm sending it to you. I'm posting it in the chat. Give me just a moment. Okay. I was like, are you forwarding? Or are you doing screenshots? Let's say that Hideaki Anno does Shin Twin Peaks. Ugh. How much do you think James would be cool in this version of the show? I hate this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I hate reading this. <sighs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What would be the Pokemon teams of famous fictional characters of Ishimatsu and Peter Falk in the classic <laughs> game? And I have a correction that, that Zhuo sent. Let me, let me double check on this. It was Pokemon um, Stadium, not Pokemon Coliseum. Yeah. Pokemon Stadium. Which is... Helpful mostly because um, Pokemon Stadium is only the first gen or two, and I know you're a boomer, and so you might not remember all the Pokemon um, from when I was a kid, because Pokemon Coliseum was the first Pokemon game that I had. Um, Yeah, and I started on Pokemon Red, a game that came out when you were born. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Um. <laughs> so we have Ishimatsu and Peter Falk. We have to come up with their Pokemon teams. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Um. Who do you think is like? 
I don't I don't know that I have it in me to come up with a team of six for each of them, but like at the we should have we should start with like who do you think is like Peter Falk's like signature Pokemon? Who's like you know when Peter Falk shows up in the anime, who's like his guy that he's always hanging out with in the way that like Ash is always with Pikachu or Gary is always with Eevee. Yeah. Um <clears throat> me I'm just I'm just like so Pokemon Stadium's just first gen, right? I think Pokemon Stadium is just first gen and Pokemon Stadium two is the first two gens. Um I don't know I if you have any immediate ideas. I'm scrolling. Bulbasaur is not out of the question for him. Yeah. I think he would um, just find that little guy charming. For some reason in my brain, I'm thinking like gym leader stuff almost where yeah. like, you yeah. know, starters are like off the table is kind of like in my head. Um, Who's a, eh, he loves that damn dog. What What are some early like yeah, first gen, I feel like, like Growlithe and Arcanine. Yeah, I was thinking like Growlithe. Um, yeah, Growlithe. Because I don't I think Arcanine's too big. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I think definitely there there's like Growlithe in there. Um I think Which also, then if we're doing it like gym leader rules, then we can just narrow down like what are the other fire types um from gym oh, one. Yeah. I was gonna say Electabuzz, but I think Magmar works as well. Yeah, Magmar <laughs> Peter Falk walking around with Growlithe and Magmar <laughs> is really fucking funny. <laughs> just the two fucking weirdos um oh and flareon and flareon yeah yeah okay so that's peter um, falk um ishimatsu um um kabutops mm. kabutops kabutops easy one to yeah. fill out um scyther are those i forget <sighs> what type kabutops is um kabutops is rock water but i think you could go with like a different um like you could go with like a blade theme for like a gym leader so yeah like kabutops scyther um what else what else (laughs) what pokemon have swords i (laughs) farfetched 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 is the one farfetched is the main one yeah, Farfetch'd is the main one, and then Kabutops and Scyther. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, that was sufficiently a good... The second question there was sufficiently good that I am slightly less mad at the first question. <laughs> yeah. Joe can continue to write in, because the second question was good. <laughs> um, um, Aiden says... Um, well, first, first he has like some uh, trivia, I guess, um, which is that Cat People reuses a set from the Magnificent and uh, f- reuses a set from the Magnificent Air Ambersons. I kept wanting to say Andersons from the Magnificent Ambersons, complete with a freaking ornate stairwell. <laughs> What's it like to have a the first Orson stairwells on the podcast come from a movie devoid of Orson Welles? Um, <laughs> We did have a moment where apparently now, so when we were watching The Third Man before we started the podcast, uh, 
I really keyed in on how um, most of the men in that movie are shot in, you know, like, rugged detail, you know? Um, And the, like, main leading woman in that movie is shot in this sort of, like, soft focus that highlights how pale her features are, and she becomes this, like, ethereal beauty. Yeah. Definitely Vaseline on the lens style. (laughs) Yeah. Orson Welles shows up and is shot in the exact same (laughs) way. (laughs) Are you a friend of Harry Lyme? (laughs) Um... Is she so, uh, Serbian? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny that this uh, trivia fact is true because there was a moment where there's a close-up of um, Irena in soft focus, and I was like, oh, Orson Welles. Hello. <laughs> um, because we just love our stupid little in-jokes. Um, yeah. I feel like we do a good job of not doing a bunch of the in-jokes on the actual podcast, but... um, Have we ever done the stupid fucking, like, oh, they had to die an entire town's water supply (laughs) joke on the podcast? Have we ever explained Um, that? Yes. I I, I don't know if we explained it. I did say it once. (laughs) Okay. Um, What? I don't remember exactly how it started. I don't. Oh no! Uh, I have no idea. I don't want to. I I don't want to get into it because I it's just going to be explaining an inside joke. Um, and I don't yeah. remember what the genesis of it was. Uh, I mean, it was definitely a reference to the the thing in Rashomon where Akira Kurosawa yeah. died an entire town's uh, water supply with ink in order to get the rain to show up like that. Um, That's not how I heard that story. <laughs> How did you hear that story? That is actually how I heard that story, because I've only heard that story from you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, If you had to make a new edit of Cat People 1942, with the only change being add the David Bowie song from Cat People 1982 (laughs) somewhere, where would you place it? Um, Have you heard this song? No. Do we want to do a three, two, one countdown? Yeah, we want to do a hot singles on this. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Are you just pulling it up as well? Yeah. Are we doing... There's two videos on YouTube. Um... Um... Let me... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up this second one here because I think it is... I think the first one contains, like, footage from the movie, maybe. And I don't want to okay. see. Yeah, the one we... that just had, like, the image is just... Um, His face. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to click on the link you sent me just to really make sure we've got it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Three. Mine has an ad, so give me a sec. <laughs> okay. Fucking ads. I hate when it won't let me skip it either. Um, I just have to watch Mm. this entire alcohol ad. Fun. Okay. Um, It is done now. Uh, Three, two, one, go. Notably, I I don't think David Bowie composed the music. I think he just did the, the vocals and the lyrics for this. 
Um. Um. So, like, what are our options? Pool scene, I guess, is on the table. Um. Yeah. What else could we do? You know what? Um. You could do a scene. You could do her letting the panther out of the cage at the end to this, I feel like. Yeah. Bowie just just started singing. Yeah. Uh, Giorgio Moroder did the music. There's a fucking David Bowie and Giorgio Moroder song that I hadn't heard before? Fuck off! (laughs) I'm kind of surprised that you have not seen the movie Cat People 1982. But, um, I have not seen The Man Who Fell to Earth. Um, that's that's true. We need to correct both of those at some point. Such is my lack of dedication to this David Bowie lifestyle, despite having <laughs> a uh, David Bowie tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think... Because the thing with doing it with the, the pool scene is that I actually don't want to ruin the pool scene in a way that putting yeah. music over it might... What's the but funniest think... scene to ruin in this movie? <laughs> um, doing it over, like, the first time that um, Irena's, like, starting to get all, like, you know, oh, what's what's my husband doing? Um, and, like, Oh, calls... my God, I just hit where the song really <laughs> kicks in. Yeah. I think you um, sync that to, like, when she transforms into a panther and starts mauling that psychiatrist, I think you have the long build up as she's like getting closer to the kiss. <laughs> um, the, the other one I was thinking of, knowing that the build up in this moment was going to happen, that I, I was going through was the one where it's like she calls that first time and um, Alice picks up and he's not even there. He's like gone to the diner, but then when she goes to like find him sees that he's in the diner with alice and it's like specifically when she's looking in the window at them that like pouring uh putting out the fire with gasoline like that big moment hits um i could also see that working yeah anyway now we're just listening to this (laughs) yeah (laughs) what if i just intro this episode with (laughs) the 1982 David Bowie cat people (laughs) genuinely perplexed because now I'm scrolling on Wikipedia and like there's another version of this song with fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan on it I am perplexed (laughs) um okay well I'll just put this one under while we're talking and then I'll just do the Stevie Ray Vaughan one for (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The intro to this episode I actually don't remember any real music From the the movie that we actually watched So For for all I know this is the Stevie Ray Vaughan version But I don't believe that it is Yeah Um, It is not It is not This is the Giorgio Moroder version It's fucking insane That there's a fucking Marauder Bowie song that I just had never heard. Um, was that for emails? That's it for emails. 
Oh, um, I think if... Aiden said one more thing. Let me just double check. Oh. I might have already addressed okay. it. Um, oh, no, that was it. That was it. Okay. Uh, if you have emails for us, you can send them to xwareaudiopodcast at gmail.com. If you go to xwareaudio slash stairwell quality, I believe, yeah. um, you can see the movies that we're going to watch, which includes yeah. Suspiria. Uh, that's what we're we going to start next. thinking about what we want to cover after Halloween. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we want to just say right now that 21 and 22 are going to be... Um, Dragon Inn and then Goodbye Dragon Inn. Oh, hell yeah! Um, and then... I forgot about that. I want to get back to Yakuza, so then maybe 23 will be... Um, why is my brain totally blanking? Pale Flower? Pale Flower. <laughs> I need to go to bed. Um, yeah. What if I picked, to, what if I picked Hanabi right after Pale Flower, just to, just to tease you? Um, I mean, weird move, but okay. <laughs> um, um, well, well, I'll fill in these details, but we've got them in yeah. there. Um, that's the wrong red. No, that's <laughs> that, that yeah. Uh, also, it's supposed to be blue. You're right. It's supposed to be blue. Um, anyway, I, I think that's, that's about it. Shall, shall we do our plugs? Um, suppose so. You can follow me at Foxmania on Twitter. Um, you can also follow me at Garfred Aloud. I forget if I've mentioned it on this podcast. Uh, if you follow me at Foxmania on, um, TikTok, I cross-post my Garfred Aloud over there. I haven't been doing Garfred Aloud at all this week because, like, my toddler's very sick, and it's just completely disrupted any sort of uh, sense of normal routine that I have, which means that I no longer get off work and go record myself re- like reading Garfield into a camera. I watch a toddler. Um, yeah. But it'll be back. Uh, if you it'll see return. it back, it means my toddler is doing better, which is a good thing. Yeah. So, um, they're fine. They're it's not like anything particularly serious. It's just they. It's a highly contagious disease, but that only affects children, um, and so they're just our home with us mm-hmm. um, until they are not contagious and can go back to daycare. I guess it technically affects adults too. It's just most adults are immune to it. Um, it's apparently like this generation's chicken pox. Hmm. Um. Anyway, anyway, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Autumnal underscore Coffee. All the other podcasts are there. A lot of them are taking a week off because um, I am working too much. Um, so thank you everybody for your continued support. As like stuff is just going to be a little inconsistent for a little while. Um, I hope that work will not be as difficult again um but i can't promise that um i can only promise that we are going to move which will definitely disrupt podcasts far more than um, (laughs) work would 
Yeah. Um, I mean, so. this is this is part of it, which is just that it's like your work is hellish, and the primary way of that getting better is you move. Um, My and that job is, also is so work. bad. I'm gonna move to a different state. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But, it's also because yeah. the St. Louis job market is bad, but now we're wildly off topic, so. Yeah. But the the basic point being like you you are trying to get out of the situation, but yeah. that it involves you doing more work that makes it even harder to do podcasts. So. Yeah. Um and hopefully people will continue to give money. If you want to give us money, go to exportodd.io to give yeah. money to the patreon because that helps you move and make more yes. podcasts even if in the interim you make less because you're moving <laughs> yeah so um are we just gonna have this ending go on forever i mean this is the one where we no. can do it we've only been no, recording I'm, for an hour i i'm i'm done i'm tapped out my stomach still you... hurts a little bit <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you still haven't said okakoro is real so Okoro is real. No, that means we both said it. It has to end. <laughs> <laughs> You've tricked me. You've tricked me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, I'm really glad that that worked.
the victims have been bled that velvet lies the black box Bella Lugos is dead 